0: Could Rashi Rice end up being the number one wide receiver in Kansas City? All that and so much more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast.
1: You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madju.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is... Every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown today to get 10% off your first month. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today is a very, very special guest. It's Thor Nystrom. You guys know him from all over the different platforms. He's absolutely fantastic. You can follow him on Twitter at Thorku. Thor. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. We're going to talk about a couple of your pet cats, but the first guy I want to ask you about is Rashi Rice, who had a monster game for the chiefs in, in week two of the preseason. What were your thoughts on him? Just coming out of SMU.
1: Yeah, well, he's an interesting player, right? Because he's a shade under six uh, one. Uh, was six foot and five eighths, and then a fortified kid, two oh four tested in the ninety seven percentile. With the caveat that he ducked the agility drills, which was not a surprise to me, because no. that was sort of the one bugaboo with him at SMU is in in his routes. You didn't see like the sudden break stuff and stuff like that. But he's still he's just a pretty good route runner. Like he he alters the tempo and different stuff like that to to keep the defensive backs off his scent. And he had to do that at SMU because he wanted all three levels. They would target him all three levels. And downfield, he's a killer. Uh, like, he had almost 400 targets over his career. More than 20% of those targets came 20-plus yards downfield. I think that's where, you know, specifically, like, early on in Kansas City, that's where Pat Mahomes has to sort of be licking his chops a little bit. Because I know Rasheed Rice can go downtown and get it. He's under six six one, like I said, but he has a wingspan that's six foot four. And his vertical is over forty inches, so yeah. that, that that's a kid that climbs the ladder, and he's not affected by contact. A lot of times in the AAC, you'd see like you know the safeties, the cornerbacks, whatever they try to go through his back, it don't affect him at all. He he can he can still finish off the play and everything like that. So he, he's a kid that that I think early on he's going to be able to produce for Kansas City, just because I seen him do that at SMU from day one. Over four years, he was their top guy. They pounded that mm-hmm. guy with targets from the day he stepped on campus.
0: So a couple of things really quickly. So if you didn't get to see the the preseason game, uh, I played against Arizona this week, seven catches for 85 yards in the first half of this game, and they were using him all over. Now, a lot of of his production came, meaning Patrick Mahomes wasn't on the field, but how surprised would you be if Rice ended up just being the leading, I have to say, wide receiver on this team? Because obviously we know Travis Kelsey is going to put up ridiculous numbers. But if he's the top wide receiver on this team, would you be surprised? I I wouldn't.
1: Uh, Someone asked me on Twitter a couple of days ago to like rank the top three, my expect, you know, like to uh, your, you know, if I was to project like the, who's going to finish the top three reception leaders for the the chiefs receiving court. I did put Sky Moore number one, but I had rice number two. Hmm. I, you know, again, like I just think he starts immediately and I they're going to find ways to get him the ball the other guys on that team i'm just not interested in i I've, I've never been in on kadarius tony i could not be further out on kadarius tony and then with mvs it's you know he's been what he is since south florida it's just tossing the ball deep like i mean he's got a is, pretty
0: defined role in this team like he is yeah. the one guy that i feel comfortable like i know where he's going to play and i kind of know what type of numbers he's going to have but everybody yeah. else feels like you have no it's idea in the air a little bit. Yeah. exactly. And, and, you know,
1: praying to the injury gods that Justin Ross stays healthy. Cause that kid, you know, if he is, he absolutely deserves an active roster spot. Yeah. I think he's better than Kadarius Tony right this second, if he's healthy. Right. So like, you know, if, if he is like, he might, you know, mix in as like wide receiver four or five there, whatever, but definitely see the field. But yeah, like I, I would have rice sort of number two, three in that pecking order. But I, yeah, if I had to predict, I would say number two right now.
0: One of the reasons I was so encouraged from his preseason game this week is he had a really good showing in week one, continued it. One of the things we like to see in the preseason is just that positive, that same drum drum beat of information, right? Do you have just a bunch of good news coming out of camp in preseason? And that's the case for Rice. But what really got me excited was I think this is a player that you can kind of run your offense through and we saw that with he had eight targets seven catches it it just feels like there's a chance he could be the new and improved Juju Smith-Schuster in this offense
1: yeah I mean it's it's what he's used to like you know like I said at SMU it was like he he got off the bus from high school and it was like all right man we're gonna throw you the ball eight to ten times a game like that's you know if, if it wasn't that way he'd probably be like what's going on So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be able to handle the usage. And like I said, you know, with the agility thing aside, people focus too much on that during his pre-draft process. He has the explosion, the burst. He gets off the line. It's really hard to tie him up, whatever. And then he alters the tempo, and he wins at all three levels of the field. Mm -hmm. So he can handle that usage. He can also play, by the way, SMU used them both on the boundary. They also used them in the slot. See, so you can do different things with him. I think he's he's an NFL boundary, of course, but, like, you can do different things with him. You can move him around, and you can I'm, at all three levels of the field.
0: Well, that was going to be my next, next question, is where do you anticipate the Chiefs playing him? Because when I was evaluating him for the draft, I kind of thought, man, if you stick him in the slot with his athleticism and his body control and his toughness, I'm not sure how you cover it. I, I think – He's not this player, but I think he has shades of C.D. Lamb to his game, where if you put him in a slot, I think he could be really effective.
1: You could. You absolutely could. And and I think it's going to be – I mean, if if it's me, I would mix some match because they have – you know, it's like a, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's tossed out like, a, like, oh, they they have so many different guys and how it's going to be. But I think you can mix and match those guys in, in a way that can mm-hmm. sort of keep the defense off the beat of your scent as well, because you have guys that have versatilities within their skill set. You mentioned the guy that the one guy that doesn't that has a clearly delineated role in MVS, but Sky Moore, he can play boundary, he can play slot. Uh, Rasheed Rice certainly can. Uh, Ross and Moore, the boundary guy, but some of these different guys, you can you can do the multiple things with. Uh, With Rice, if it's me, I try to get him in both, uh, get him in work at both. Yeah, because he can do both. Uh,
0: Before we move on, just a little update on his dynasty price. Right now he's being drafted as wide receiver 53 on dynasty league football. I'm going to run through some names that are going ahead of him. You tell me whether you'd rather have them or Rashi Rice. So Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver 52. Rice uh Kadarius Tony, I think I know the answer to this one.
1: Oh, that's the easiest question I've ever been asked.
0: Yeah, just don't uh, my, draft Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm with you. Michael Thomas, wide receiver, 50. Oh, oh definitely Rasheed Rice. Okay, Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver, 49. Rice, and then I'm going to move up a little bit more. Sky Moore, wide receiver, 46.
1: Oh, that is a tough one. uh Uh, I I probably lean Sky, but that yeah. one is super close. That's so he, he,
0: even, even if it's, you're saying it's sky more, we're still seeing Rashi rice being underdrafted by about seven or eight spots right now for, in sure. your di- for just that wide receiver. So going yeah. at one twenty one overall, I think it should be a little bit closer to a hundred go That's out right. and buy Rashi rice before we get to the regular season. Thor, I want to talk to you about some, uh, some certain Titans players that showed out this weekend. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, when you're faced with tough choices, the path forward isn't always clear, whether you're dealing with decisions around your career or relationships or anything else. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else. The more you practice the easier it gets. I know several people who have benefited from therapy, including myself and better help has made it so easy to get the therapy that you need. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time at any for any reason with no additional charge. Let therapy be your map. Visit betterhelp.com. That is betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That is com slash locked on. All right. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. On tomorrow's show, Ryan McDowell and Matt Williamson will continue to break down some of the winners and the losers from week two of the preseason. But right now, we got to talk about a certain running back for the Tennessee Titans, not big dog Derrick Henry, but Tajay Spears with no ACLs looking absolutely fantastic. Uh, What did you see from him in the preseason? What did you think about him coming out of school?
1: Yeah, it's the same thing we've seen at, at Tulane, you know, especially last year. You know, the the thing with him, of course, was he he was dinged up a bit earlier in his career. The the knee thing, you know, has been sort of the bugaboo. But it, the knee thing, I thought, you know, I mean, like, and and we'll see, you know. But like, I thought it was it was sort of the thing that dominated the narrative about him during the pre-draft process. When it's like, turn on the film and watch this kid. Like, this kid's special running the ball. He he's a natural. Um the explosive element of his game and his ability to make decisions hurtling downfield at high speeds, like the, the combination of that, sometimes it, it leads to these movements downfield where it's like, wait, what did I just see? You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, when, when he was at Tulane, I'd, I'd be rewinding and, and rewatching it. Cause you know, he just make these unorthodox decisions and, um stuff he'd have defenders running into each other like keystone cops way down the field um th- the burst is is really what what gets you but then also down the field once he he gets out into open space the deci- like I said, the decision-making at, at those high speeds, it's just something that's really difficult for defenders to, to sort of get the, a beat on. Yes. And then the other thing I was impressed with during the pre-draft process, obviously last season he stayed healthy and he dominated. That was the reason why he got to the point he did. Then he dominated the entire pre-draft process. He put on weight. Uh, he looked great at the senior ball. He was catching passes. That was something that at Tulane, I think probably to protect his usage more than protect his game. Uh, you know, like coming off the knee stuff, whatnot. Mm-hmm. They they didn't throw the ball to him quite as much, but he showed during the pre-draft process, like he he's got really good hands, and he was making people look silly in one-on-one drills down in Mobile, like like just you know you'd see the linebacker just flying out of the yep. frame or whatever. So like, yeah, I mean th- that kid, I I think he was had on the discount, of course, because of the the knee injury stuff, but just a fabulous compliment to Derrick Henry and a guy where. If the Titans do move on from Derrick Henry in the next year or two, uh, Tajay Spears is going to be a very good starting running back in the NFL.
0: So, Thor, I've been kind of out on all of the running backs that the Titans have drafted over like the last five years to try to pair with Derrick Henry, like Hassan Haskins and some of these other guys. They just, I never, none of them felt like good fits with Henry. But I got to say, like, this one makes a lot of sense. And you saw in the preseason game, like, If you give him an opportunity where it's just one on one against a linebacker safety, he's going to make that guy miss every time. Like just ask USC how that went last Uh, (laughs) year. We saw it in the the preseason game, and it just feels like the Titans can find at least as a rookie, like ways to get him nine touches a game that doesn't take them out of the flow of the offense. It's just going to make them a little bit more explosive on that side of the ball.
1: Agree. And it's going to make uh, Derrick Henry, on the other hand, it's going to make his per touch more efficient, I mm-hmm. think, right? Like, because you don't, with Tajay Spears on the roster, and I think this was the thinking behind it, you don't have to give every single touch to Derrick Henry, then he won't wear down as as, as quickly, you know, late in games, whatnot. And then the, the injury risk goes down with him as well. So I think on both sides of it, it's good. And then the guy you're bringing in off the bench, it's this guy that plays totally different. You know, it's right. like, you know, it's like when when you have the pitchers that pitch totally different back to back, and you just sort of discombobulate the lineup. I, I like the ability to, to to go in, and then you have your change of pace guy, just plays the game in a different way. So with Henry, it's like hammer, 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 and then when the defense is tired, now you're bringing in this guy who's super duper explosive and has that or- unorthodox combination of that decision making uh, downfield, like I'm talking about. That I, I think is going to be uh is going to frustrate NFL defenders for years to come.
0: Uh, so just a little update on his dynasty price. He's being drafted as RB 41 on dynasty league football uh, ahead of players like Samaj P. Ryan, Damien Harris, Jamal Williams, uh, but behind players such as AJ Dillon, Dalvin cook, Kendra Miller. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you the, the, I was in a draft Saturday and I had the I had the choice between Roshan Johnson and Tajay Spears in the mm. Dynasty League. Where would that's you fun. land on that one? Because I also know that you love Roshan.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. I would probably go Roshan just because the path is there right away to start. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm still high on uh, – t- like, I had Tajay RB5 in this past class. I I comp him to ETN. Um, mm. But, like, I – you know, I mean, Roshan, I, th- I might have had him RB6, but the situation is better for Roshan initially where I, I think Roshan's winning that starting job. So I would probably put uh, Roshan uh, ahead of him just by a little bit in the dynasty rankings, but, it, you know, it's close.
0: But Tajay Spears is RB41. You still see as a major value, correct?
1: I do, yeah. Like some of those guys, like above, like the veteran guys that are like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll name I some know. of them for you. You've, yeah. got,
0: you've got David Montgomery at RB30, uh, okay, James yeah. Conner at RB31, Dalvin Cook RB thirty five, AJ Dillon RB thirty six, Antonio Gibson over
1: those guys. Antonio Gibson RB thirty definitely over Gibson for sure. What are you doing there? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So
0: we're in agreement here that Tajay Spears is somebody that we both want our team because I think there's a chance that he could have like standalone flex value as a rookie. Yeah. If the Titans move on from him after this year, or excuse me, move on from Henry after this year. You're looking at a workhorse back, and I think the Titans know. Like, with some of his injury stuff, like they're probably just going to use him up as much as they can on this rookie deal. Like, I don't know if they're going to try to save him.
1: For sure, yeah, and and you know the only the uh, sort of caveat is would you know if that happens? Let's let's say they do move on from Henry after this season. Would the Titans sort of do what Willie Fritz did at Tulane of like keeping in mind Tajay's uh, the knee stuff? Is one way that we can save, you know, uh, lower the odds that, that he gets injured in the future, stuff like that, the, the passing down stuff, cool. you know, and, and so bringing down in a passing down back with him. But as far as the running stuff, yeah, absolutely. He has the talent to be an NFL, uh, you know, bell cow guy with the, the usage of that. And he can absolutely handle uh, the the touches as far as that goes. It's just, we know the, the odds, you know, the history with the, the medical stuff with that stuff. So anything you can do to sort of mitigate that. But as far as the talent goes, to me, that's unimpeachable.
0: Uh, really quickly on the Titans before we move on, I-, I thought Malik Willis looked really good in the first two preseason games. The one interception that he had he had in Week One wasn't his fault; bounced off the tight end's hands. I- I'm not predicting that he's going to start this year for Tennessee or anything like that, but I- I've got to say he's just looked so much more poised and comfortable and confident in the preseason
1: yeah for sure you know it's like you know he had to sit on the bench for the year even though his biggest fans in the industry uh cough myself we it was like malik willis has to sit on the bench for a year because he'd never in college you know beforehand never played in anything even remotely close to pro style uh you know system or whatever like that just conceptually anything like that like at liberty it was this playground system on mm-hmm. un, un, under freeze and then at auburn you know Gus Melzon it's it's like you know a lot of what running with the quarterback in motion and it's just different than what you see, the up tempo stuff it's just different than what you what you see in the NFL uh, the thing with Malik Willis that you're you're betting on it's this ludicrous combination of tools he has an absolute bazooka he has one of the strongest arms in the NFL he fits some of these balls into windows where like he one of his receivers dropped a touchdown uh, on what was it Saturday against the mm. Vikings, where it was like it was almost hard to fault the receiver because the thing was coveted so fast. itself as like his bullet, but like Malik Willis had to throw it that hard because like there there's there are guys going everywhere whatever, but the RPMs that he can generate on throws is ludicrous, and obviously he can he can push that thing down the field over seventy yards no problem, and then the athleticism is the other thing on the other side of it, and a really gifted runner. He had a four three seven reported forty when he was at Auburn as a sophomore. Um, I, the the mistake he made during the pre-draft process, and it would be interesting if it was like we could go back in time, like Back to the Future. I would love to know what would have happened if Malik Willis had merely just tested at the NFL Combine like Anthony Richardson yep. did. You remember, you know, when Richardson goes out there and tests, the hype train was off from there. Anthony Richardson punched his ticket into the top 10 at that NFL combine mm-hmm. by testing before that he had a lot of detractors out there of like, Oh, you know, is, is Anthony Richardson, even a first round pick, you know, and yada is yada, he even yada.
0: the third quarterback in this class. Right. Exactly.
1: But after that, it was like, okay. I mean, you know, the NFL, everyone in the NFL just conceded like, we don't have a choice. This kid has to go in the top 10 yada, yada. Yeah. Um, Malik Willis just got bad advice from his agent was like, y'all, Yo, you know, sit out, whatever. Um, if he had gone out there and tested, it would have been something similar. As, as far as like the the hype stuff like that 437 and then he ha- is a powerful runner too. He's not quite as twitchy as uh, Lamar Jackson when he's out in the open field, but he's got more power. Um his last year in the FBS, he led the FBS in broken tackles. Uh so uh, Malik Willis had 90, Kenneth Walker, who you recall had that dominant season that mm-hmm. year at Michigan State before he went in the second round of the Seahawks. He had 89 that year to finish number two in the FBS on 176 more carries than Malik Willis had. So you you have both those two things in conjunction – What I totally agree with your take from the first two preseason games, I I watched the the entire game with the Titans and the Vikings, the one thing that we 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 need to, you know, keep seeing with him it's the reading the defense is making the quicker decisions, but he you're seeing that you've seen a lot of progress with that he still he still has got to keep improving with that whatnot. But, yeah, once he does, once he gets there, those tools are going to play way, 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 way up, and he's going to become super-duper dangerous. And and just
0: compare that to another third-round pick from that same class. Like, Matt Corral, I won't be shocked if he gets cut by the Panthers this year. He's been that bad. He just has not improved at all. Malik Willis is on the opposite end of that spectrum. He just looks so much more comfortable and confident. And you wonder, like, if they would have saw a little bit more of this last year in the preseason – do they even bother drafting Will Levis. Who knows? I have no idea how that situation is going to get to work out. But at the very least, it's just it's a it's positive to see Malik Willis improving. Thor, we have just a few more minutes left. I want to talk about our small kings at the running back yeah. position. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Fanduel. Football season about is about to kick off, and Fanduel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get a bonus bet every single time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get a bonus bet for every victory. So take a team like the Chiefs, who win 13 games every single year. That's 13 additional bonus bets that you can use on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit Fanduel.com slash on. And start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook that is fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, Thor, before we get you out of here, I have to ask you a Deuce Fawn question because listen, my team, the Dallas Cowboys, you guys all know that I root for the Cowboys, but now I've got Cowboy jerseys behind me. Uh I, I didn't know what to think when the Cowboys dropped the Deuce Fawn. Can a five foot-five running back really work? And after two preseason games. Not only am I like saying it's going to work. It's hey, how big of a role can they can they make for him this year?
1: Yeah, for yeah, And speaking of uh, fan rooting interests, I'm a, a Kansas Jayhawk alum. You know, I, I went there, and and the biggest Kansas football fan probably par, probably on earth, I would say, like you know, outside of the program. But Deuce, so naturally, I hate Kansas State. But Deuce Vaughn forced me to like watch them, and like you know, sort of like to state the last three years. I I'm, I'm, I'm remiss to say, cause he's just so dang fun to watch. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, and I, I knew that, that he going to stick around for a long time in the NFL, despite the side, just because of that, um, the, the different things he can do that, the, the thing of like, you know, it's like sort of like, uh, hide the ball or, you know, like, like, you know, hide the, in, in the cup or whatever. That's what he does behind the offensive line. He's seen this back when he was in the big 12 too. So he makes it difficult for the defensive lineman just, and the linebackers just approaching the line of scrimmage. And then from there, the fun's only getting started. Because that guy's agility is friggin' stupid. You know, it's like Frogger, right? It's like, I'm, I'm here now. Now I'm going there. It's like he's almost teleported, you know, over well, or whatever. I'll
0: tell you one thing I noticed, though, like just in training camp, is like the Cowboys have some tall, really tall defensive tackles. They're like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, they have a hard time reaching down to like even try to get an arm on him because he's just so much shorter than what they're used to you have that too.
1: And that plays in conjunction with that agility. Right. So, so it's like, he becomes like this sort of like knuckleball for these guys trying to hit. And it's like, you just, he's a chicken in the coop. You just can't get your arms on him. You think it would be easy, but it's, and once you can, you know, when you, he's not going to be breaking, like, you know, even like arm tackles from these big guys, when you no. can get your hands on him, he's going to go down but it is way harder to get hands on Deuce Vaughn than you would think. And so like, you know, it's it's been, you know, sort of fun watching these first couple of preseason games where he's sneaking up on these NFL defenders that probably just think like, "Oh, you know, that that kid I'm going to wipe him off the face of the earth." And it's like, then Deuce Vaughn goes out and embarrasses him. Yep. Those guys, he was awesome from from the beginning at Kansas State. And it's not just the the rushing stuff. The thing I would tell people is that guy handled volume his entire career. Yeah. And it wasn't just in the run game where he was basically the offense, like give the ball to deuce, give the ball to deuce. Then when they would pass, it was pass the ball to deuce. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he had over his, over his So three-year career, 116 catches. And it wasn't just like oh, yeah. dump off stuff, whatnot. He averaged 11 yards per reception over those 116 catches. Like he's, he was one of the more prolific receiving backs in this past class. But Which, yeah, I mean, by the he, way,
0: the, the Cowboys are going to use him that way. They just haven't shown it in preseason yet because they don't want to show they it. He's going to be heavily involved in the screen game for Dallas.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, you're thinking about like a comp. I You know, the Darren Sproles stuff, it was natural because the Kansas State thing. I can't go that far, but he's like a rich man's uh, Tariq Cohen. Like, sure. he, he's definitely better than Tariq Cohen. He's somewhere in the middle of the phylum between – Sprouls and Cohen, somewhere along that that uh, line of continuum. But, yeah, he is absolutely going to play this year. He's absolutely going to do stuff. He's absolutely going to hang around a long time because you can use him in both phases. And like I said, the, the injuries of the durability stuff that people are bringing up because of the size thing, I'm way less concerned, number one, because I've seen him do it with, with the volume over the last three years. Number two, this wasn't brought up enough during his pre-draft process. He's able to change the angle on you, uh, so it's really hard to hit him flush. Right. And so like, it, it's very rare to see him get into an enormous collision. That's part of the reason why he able to stay, you know, healthy, you know, in, in, in mm. addition to that.
0: Yeah. Last thing before we head out. I mean, in your eyes, at least is Jalen Warren already better than Najee Harris. And when do we see that backfield flip?
1: Uh, yeah, he, he might be um, like, I think the Steelers, they're giving you the indication they're going to be 50, 50 at least, um, and justifiably so, like, I mean, like any metrics that you look at and I mean, the simple eyeball test would suggest that that is their most viable path going forward. I think you can do interesting things to try to uh, match those guys' skill sets with one another, but it's, it's, it's without a doubt that Jalen Warren is the better receiving back at this point both in terms of the efficiency. He's also going to give you the more explosive element. And I would try to get him more involved in the, in the running game a bit, you know, as, as sort of the change of pace guy. Really like that guy's game. Probably shouldn't have been overlooked coming out. But, of course, you mentioned the short thing. But he's, he's a bowling ball kid who is always moving forward. Uh, the thing I like about him is he doesn't screw around at all. He's not a dancer. He's nope. he going upfield. He's right? north
0: south. Yeah. He's
1: north south. When he has to make someone miss, that's, the, you know, what comes into play is he also does the thing of like where he can change your angle, cut, cut, you know, when it's coming up to the contact point, whatnot. And then his special sauce is this is different than Deuce Vaughn, who goes down on arm tackles. Jalen Warren, his contact balance is incredible. Mm-hmm. He's like the spinning top in inception. You just can't get that thing down or whatever. You know, he, he one guy hits up and then he's, you know, he just bounces off and now he's going another way. You know, someone else hits him. He just bounces somewhere else. The contact balance is incredible. That's why the broken tackle numbers are what they are. It would surprise people out there to know that a five foot nine running back within the Pittsburgh running back room is way better at breaking tackles than Andre Harris. Not in the close. Pit. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's, it is really hard to get, to hit Jalen Warren square and if you don't, you're not getting him down. It just is what it is.
0: Jill and Warren on Dynasty League Football being drafted as RB forty four, Najee Harris RB eleven. Uh, oh, those, those prices, are yeah, those got to come closer together. Yeah. yeah, those are going to come. They're going to be touching at some point in the season. I'm just, I'm just telling you, they're going to be. touching.
1: Yeah, and they should. They probably should be right now, right? Yeah. Like just reading Absolutely. the tea leaves. Oh, like, yeah, yeah I. You it's know, coming. I, w- I would yank Harris down on that, and Warren needs to be way higher on that thing. Yeah.
0: All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Check out our show on YouTube. We want to thank Thor for jumping on the show. He's going to come back on the show again. He was absolutely fantastic. Go follow him on Twitter, at ThorKU. Go check him out at Fantasy Pros. One of the absolute best when it comes to NFL, college football, draft, does amazing work. Thor, Thor, can't thank you enough for joining us.
1: My man. Good to be here. Appreciate it, right. Marcus.
0: I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Check out the show at Lockdown Dynasty. We will see you guys next time.